Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. You've probably heard of the budgeting rule called the 50-30-20 or the 50-20-30 rule. If you've heard of this before, you probably have wondered, you know, should I follow this? Is it legit? Like, what do I need to think about it? So today I'm going to break down some of the pros and cons of the 50-30-20 budget rule and when this might be appropriate. Because as you can imagine, per usual, I have some opinions on this. So let's go ahead and dive into all things 50-30-20 budget. First and foremost, let's go ahead and break down what the heck it means. So what this is, is it's general uh, percentages or guidelines for how to allocate your money. So in this rule, it says 50% of your income goes towards essentials, 30% goes towards fun, and 20% goes towards your future. So let's break down what each of these means. Your future is pretty self-explanatory. This is things like your savings account, your emergency fund, paying extra towards your debts. This would also include your investing. It's anything that is going towards your future to better your life later. The 30% is for fun. This is stuff that is discretionary spending, stuff that's not necessary. It's not essential. It's just things that you do for you. You can call it self-care. You can call it fun money, like whatever the heck you want to call it. But at the end of the day, 30% goes towards fun. 50% goes towards essentials. And essentials are are pretty straightforward. I would say this is like the basic necessities. Like what do you need to survive? You need food, you need shelter, you need transportation, all of that kind of stuff, right? Now the nuance is where do you group some of these weird categories? Is a gem membership actually essential or is that more for fun? What about eating out? Is that essential or fun? What about your car payment? All of this stuff can get a little bit nuanced, and I think you can get super nerdy with this, but the way I like to view it is, if shit hit the fan, what would I actually spend my money on? That's how I like to view it. So what, you know, like if I lost my job, my business goes under, I don't know, something happens, would I still pay for my gym membership? Absolutely not. I would push pause. I would go for walks. I would run outside. I would do push-ups in my bedroom. Like I would figure out a way to get healthy without having to spend money. If something really bad happened in my life, would I be eating out? Absolutely not. I would not. That's like the first thing I would cut. It's not an essential. And so I think you can get kind of nerdy with what falls under these categories. But at the end of the day, look at it as just the basics. What are the essential things in order to survive? Is a car payment essential? I would argue no. I can hear the argument of yes. Like I get it again. It doesn't really matter too much. I think it's just more understanding that those are the three different categories for this budgeting rule. Now, let's talk about who this is for. I think this rule is really good. If you have a pretty decent income, you are living well within your means, maybe you're debt-free or have paid off quite a bit of debt, you're looking for general principles that will help you live a more balanced budget. If that is your situation, I think this rule is pretty good. It it works really well. I don't think this rule is great for a lot of reasons. One of those big reasons is because I think so often, especially in today's market and in today's economic climate, a lot of people are in a a situation where 50% of their budget is going just towards their housing alone. 
And sometimes there's not much you can do about that. Like, sure, you can get roommates all day long, but at the end of the day, if you're not making enough money and your housing costs have increased so much, no matter what you do, you're still not going to be within that 50% for your entire essentials budget. The other reason I don't really prefer this strategy for some people is because sometimes we get so granular into the 50, 30, 20 percentages, and we forget that budgeting is supposed to be flexible and it's supposed to fit your life and your financial goals. So let me give you an example. When I was paying off my student debt from undergrad and I looked at my budget, there was no way I was spending 30% on fun. There just wasn't. In fact, I was probably spending gosh, I can't remember. I'd have to like run the math, but probably 60 to 70% of my income was going towards my debt. And I, there was no fun money. Like there was no balanced budget whatsoever, but that was what I chose to do during that season of my life. And I always say this, I would do it again in a heartbeat if I needed to, because I really do believe that set me up for a totally different financial life than if I carried that debt around. Regardless, that's neither here nor there, but I think there's some times in your life where maybe you're trying to save for a really cool goal. Maybe you want to take a sweet vacation and you're putting a lot of money towards that and you're cutting out some of that fun money, which I guess you could argue a vacation is for fun, or if you're paying off your debt, you're probably not spending as much on fun. From a long-term strategy, that is not sustainable. Well, I guess it could be. I'm not going to say it's not. It really does depend on the person. But usually for most people, it's not super sustainable because it's a little bit out of whack. It's not realistic to say, I will never spend any money on me. I don't even think it's healthy to say that. But for some people, you know, that can work. So for that reason, I think that the percentages getting kind of out of whack is actually very normal and very typical if you're chasing a financial goal pretty closely. Another reason that I tend to not like this as much is because so often when I look at people's budgets, I see a lot of people are spending well over the 50% on essentials right off the get-go. Their house, their car, that alone pushes them over that. And then the part that I think is always so messed up is we never give up on the fun. Very, very rarely do we cut out things that we don't really need to spend money on. Instead, the first category that we tend to cut, which really bums me out, is the your future category. We're not very good about prioritizing taking care of our future needs sometimes. We occasionally think more in the present moment. It's kind of that inability to delay gratification. It's a huge issue. Also, side note, if you've never read the book, The Marshmallow Test, I highly recommend it. It talks all about deferred gratification and what that looks like, and it really breaks down into that marshmallow test. Have you heard of this, The Marshmallow Test? If you haven't, let me just tell you really quickly. The Marshmallow Test was an experiment that they did on kids, and the concept of it is there'd be kids like kind of sitting at a table, and the researchers would put a marshmallow in front of them and say, yo... We're going to leave the room, and when we come back, if you did not eat the marshmallow, you're going to get another marshmallow. You're going to get two, but if you ate the marshmallow, you're not going to get another one, so we're just going to leave for a minute, and basically what the whole concept of it is is they watch to see which kids ate the marshmallow and which ones were able to wait and wait till they were going to get the second marshmallow. And so that was the whole thing. And when they followed these kids through adulthood, what they found was pretty significant. The people that were able to delay gratification had higher SAT scores. They tended to have a healthier life in general. And those that didn't weren't able to delay gratification 
just struggled. You know, they just struggled a little extra versus those that could delay gratification. So that's the marshmallow test. And for so many of us, we're like, well, marshmallows aren't my thing. I get that. But fill in the blank. What is your thing? It all comes down to trade-offs when it comes to our finances. And I think that's what the 50-30-20 rule is trying to get you to see is that you don't necessarily have to make trade-offs. You just have to live a balanced budget life. I think the issue is we notoriously are really terrible at making great financial decisions sometimes. Sometimes that's by force. Like you can't always control what the housing market's going to do or the used car market. You can't control that, but you can control the decisions that you make or how quickly you upgrade to the next house. Or do you say, I'm going to go get a new car because I'm pissed because I had to put $500 into my used car and we say that it's not worth it and go finance a brand new car, forgetting that it's like, okay, well, what about the payments on that. And even if it's a new car, it still has maintenance as well. So sometimes we don't make the most rational decisions when we get emotional, but that's what the 50-30-20 rule is trying to help you do is have a more balanced budget. So I would be curious. I have not done this myself, but I would be very interested in seeing how my personal budget stacks up to this. And I'd be curious what yours looks like as well. So maybe on your lunch break or when you get off work, Just spend a few minutes and start to see how out of line is your budget based on these guidelines. Now, again, this is a guideline. It's a rule, but it is not the rule. The only budget guideline that you really need to follow is the one that works best for you and your financial goals in that moment. So don't ever feel like, oh my gosh, I'm totally out of whack. I must be failing at budgeting. That's not at all the case. This is something that you have to really revisit your goals, your cash flow, your income, your current situation, and then you can make a better decision for your own budget. But I did want to talk about this because I do get a lot of questions about this and what my thoughts are on that. So let's talk about a healthier way to budget. I already mentioned starting with your goals. So yes, start with your financial goals. That is always the best place to start. I would start with writing down every single thing that I would like to accomplish. I'd put how far away that goal is, like when I would like to accomplish it. And then I would take that and divide it up and see realistically how much money do I need to set aside every single month to accomplish that financial goal. That's where I like to begin. And if for some reason these priorities aren't working out and you don't have enough cash to cover all of your goals at one time for your monthly contributions, dude, that's life, right? Like it happens. We have to prioritize and we have to reorder and say, you know what, actually this is more important and that's totally fine. And then you have to sometimes extend your timeline out where maybe instead of in five years, it's a 10 year goal, whatever the case might be. But ultimately, that's where I like to begin. Everybody's financial plan, including my own, is getting very, very laser clear on what you're working towards and why you're working towards that. Once you have that, then you are officially ready to budget. I did a detailed post. I think there's even a free budget template in there. And it's on WhitneyHanson.com slash how to budget. It walks you through exactly how I create budgets in my own life. And basically what it is, is you're going to start with your take home income, you're just going to write it down. And you're going to list out every single one of your expenses that you have. I like to write the due dates next to things too. Because for most people, if you're paid every two weeks, our brains don't quite comprehend or function well under a monthly budget. It's more like, okay, I get paid every two weeks. What does this paycheck need to cover? 
Like, you know, it makes sense, right? If you get paid on the 5th and the 20th, what bills do you have to pay from the 5th? What bills do you have to pay from the 20th? So that's the way I like to think about budgeting and that budget template will help you with that too. So list out all of your expenses, all of the due dates and the minimum payments for all of your debts. And then from there, go back to that those goals that you wrote down and include those into your expenses as well. Just treat it like it's something that you have to pay, kind of like a bill, because you are worth it, damn it. And if you don't prioritize it, you will never have enough money for your future. It's really that important. You have to treat it like an expense. And once you do that, you are officially good. You got your budget created. Now the next step is to monitor and update your progress. And updating your progress is a fancy way of saying track your spending to see how much you have left in your certain categories. The reason budgeting doesn't work for so many people is because they create it. They go through those first couple steps and then they stop and they look back and they're like, well, shoot, blew my budget. I'm like, well, no shit. (laughs) Like you didn't actually update your spending. You have no clue how much you have left in certain categories like eating out, like groceries. So no wonder you blew your budget. Why wouldn't you? And so I think it's really important to go back through and make it part of your routine and make it part of your habit that you check in with yourself and you update your spending because it is, again, it's so important. You have to monitor your progress. What's that quote? What gets measured gets improved? Something like that. Probably blew it, but it's true. So make sure you are updating your spending every single week at the minimum. That's it, my dudes. That's how you budget. If the 50-30-20 rule works for you and you're in a good financial position and looking for some healthy guidelines and more balanced life, I think that's a great rule. If you are not quite there yet, that's okay too. Give yourself a little bit of grace and create a budget that works for your life, whatever those percentages turn out to be. The only thing is, do not skimp on your future. No matter what, even if you're paying off debt, no matter what your situation is, always prioritize your future. Just promise me you will. All right, guys, that is it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope it gave you a little bit more clarity on what this budget system could look like. And if it works for you, cool. If it doesn't, that's cool too. It's all about personal finance. So it's hopefully going to inspire you to create a system that works for you and your life. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you and I hope you're having a great week. I will see you next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.